And down the stretch they come. The winning streak may be over, but the Yankees have clinched a postseason berth. They went 9-1 and one against an absolutely brutal Red Sox team this season. Yankee fans have to love that. And now they are set up for a familiar first-round playoff foe. We talk about all of it as the season winds down with Bob Lorenz from the Yes Network. Join us, won't you, for the latest pinstripe pod from the New York Post. Welcome to the Pinstripe Pod, our New York Yankees podcast from the New York Post. I'm your host, Chris Sheeran, alongside my co-host, four-time Yankees World Series champion, Jeff Nelson. You can follow us on Twitter at Chris Sheeran. Yes, is my handle and Nelly is at NYNelly43. Stop what you're doing right now and go into Apple Podcasts on your phone. Subscribe to Pinstripe Pod and then rate the show five stars. Write in a nice review. We appreciate it. Yes, Network host Bob Lorenz joins us in a bit. But first, we welcome in number 43, Jeff Nelson, pitcher number 43 jeff thanks for joining us as always that was a little bob shepherd for you <laughs> bringing you into the show i have no choice whether to join you or not so yeah, i know you're kind of stuck with me uh, i'm sorry <laughs> about that but uh we're, we're stuck with the yankee team right now nelly that uh, did lose their last game to the red sox they finished up nine and one against boston boston has been absolutely putrid this year and the yankees took full advantage of that during their 10 game win streak before that Final loss in Boston, eight and a half runs per game, allowing two and a half, uh, hitting 307 as a team with 29 homers, a 230 team ERA, 195 batting average against starters at a 213 ERA, relievers at a 270. They're putting everything together, Nelly, and it's all at the right time. Yeah, exactly. And that's what you want. I mean, we panicked. You know, I, I didn't like the way things were going. I oh, had it was concerns. mainly me. I'll, I'll yeah, I know. I mean, you though. you you panicked greatly, a lot more than <laughs> I did. But but it was but still I had concerns. I mean, when any team, you know, you go into a season and you're supposed to be one of the top teams in baseball and it just doesn't happen that way. Uh, you wonder why. And, and all of a sudden they start getting hurt again. And you're saying, here we go. You know, you lose Judge, you lose Stanton. Uh, Urshela goes on. Torres goes on. Paxton's going to be out for the rest of the year. So, I mean, it's a, it's almost like a groundhog day for this team year after year. There's injuries, injuries, injuries. I mean, they keep playing through it. And, and, you know, now they're getting healthier and which is uh, the, at the right time going into this last week of the season. So, you know, they've turned things around. I mean, Jay Happ has pitched outstanding his last five out of six so that's that's really important going into the playoffs getting your rotation set in that clubhouse they obviously never panicked you, you know as a team you're not going to panic you're gonna say okay we're still the new york yankees we're still one of the best teams in baseball and we're going to make the playoffs and they did they clinched a spot probably 99.9 percent chance that they're going to play the minnesota twins again it's just a matter of where will it be a target field will it be yankee stadium and after that it doesn't matter because they're going to go off to california and play at dodger stadium or play in san diego and there's no home field advantage and nothing matters anymore but those first three games so you know they're playing this last week as meaningful baseball 
you know, they still have something to shoot for, and that's to have a better record than the Minnesota Twins so they can get those three days well, or three games at home. That That's important for this team. They're built for Yankee Stadium, you know, and that's why you, you play for home field advantage throughout the playoffs, although, as you said, it's not going to be that way. It's just the first round. So if, if you're going to be able to have home field in at least one series, you would really like, if, especially if you're the Yankees and how the team is built, Nelly, to have that first series against the Twins, if it is them, and as you said, it, it, it's pretty much in stone that they're going to face the Twins yet again in the postseason. I, I, you know, Yankee fans have to have the feeling that I know they own Minnesota in the postseason, but there has to be that like sneaking thought that kind of creeps into your brain that just maybe, maybe one of these times the Twins, Nelly, are going to get have the Yankees number. And that's why I would really love them to get home field advantage in that four seed over the five seed and heading out to target field. Well, I mean, the Twins and Rocco Baldelli, the manager of the Twins, they absolutely want the Yankees. You, you know, their mindset and for a team that the Yankees have had their number over many, many playoff series. The other team, I mean, the Twins are going to say, bring them on. I mean, we want them. We have a chip on our shoulder and we want to try to beat them. But guess what? You win that first game. You have Garrett Cole, one of the best pitchers in the, in, in the baseball. And once he goes and if he wins that first game, all that, hey, we want the Yankees stuff uh, goes right out the window. Then all of a sudden, oh, they do have our number starts creeping in their mind and the Yankees are one win away from going to California and continuing in the division series. I know, you know, the odds are that, you know, the Twins are going going to have to turn it around at some point but that doesn't ever creep I don't think in fans hand you know fans minds I don't it definitely doesn't creep in Yankees minds and if I was still in that clubhouse it wouldn't creep in my mind we would still think that hey we have their number and they're not beating us they can want to play us all they want they could have a chip on their shoulder and say hey bring on the bad big bad Yankees but guess what they are the big bad Yankees and you have the best pitcher on the planet going in game one in Garrett Colt so that's uh that's going to be a difficult task for any team that plays the Yankees in three games but especially the twins you know what jeff i'm gonna write a wrong uh on this podcast and and it's something that we haven't really been ignoring on purpose but we have been ignoring it and that is the fact that luke voigt and think about where the yankees and brian cashman picked him up from in st louis he wasn't getting a lot of playing time he was basically on st louis's scrap heap over there brian cashman brings him over to the yankees he is having a low-key AL MVP type season. Uh, he leads the American League in home. He leads major leagues in home runs with with 21. He just hit another one against the Red Sox. How 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 good has this guy been? I mean, he's 29 years old. He turns 30 in February. But the Yankees, you know, they've been looking for a first baseman. They thought it was going to be Greg Bird. I think they have their guy, Nelly. Oh, I definitely think they do. I mean, he's an exciting player. You look at his, his expression on on his face every time he's in there and, and in the dugout. Uh, just imagine where the Yankees would be without him. You know, if you look, you had no Judge, no Stanton or Shella for a while, Torres. If you had no Luke Voigt, where would the Yankees be? You know, they might not be playing the Minnesota Twins. They might not be playing being in the fifth fifth seed they might be looking at a wild card that's how much he's meant meant to this offense yeah I, I think he's definitely had an MVP type season it's gonna be interesting to see the awards this year but what a what a year he's had and, and, and just imagine if it was 162 games I mean he's got 21 home runs already and it's yeah. only been uh, what, it's yes 53? yes actually yeah yes actually extrapolated it would be a 64 home run season for Voight if if, if the same pace was kept over 100 well he lost some weight he's I mean he's still as strong oh, as an ox but he, he looked like he yeah. really trimmed down and and, uh, and cut off some some of the maybe baby fat that he had. Here's the thing that uh, impresses me the most. This is a guy in his second year with the team, and he 
put the team on his back. I mean, Garcia stopped the bleeding up in Buffalo against the Blue Jays with the pitching that got the Yankees to snap their losing skid and stop that 5-15 and 15 stretch. But look at what Luke Voigt has done since Stanton and Judge have both gone down. The guy, in his last six games, he's 10 for 26 with five homers, 12 ribbies. He's slashing 385, 429, and he's slugging 1,000. I mean, this is a guy who, who doesn't have a lot of I guess you would say cred or uh, uh, you know that track time with the Yankees but he's the guy that when the injury started accruing he was the guy that said you know what I have to put the pressure on myself I have to be better this is on me and he's produced and that's the most impressive thing for me with Voight Nelly well I mean you look at me he wasn't he wasn't going anywhere in St. Louis and then all of a sudden he comes over to New York and he's platooning with with Greg Bird and every everybody put their eggs in Greg Bird's basket thinking okay this is oh, guy, yeah. this guy's going to be the next first baseman and he just couldn't stay healthy uh, and Luke Voigt just wanted a chance to play, and now he's getting an opportunity to play every day. And here's a type of player that's making the best of it, and he's saying, you know what, you're not taking me out of this lineup. And he works extremely hard. Uh, he, he's a fun-loving guy. Obviously, you see that on the field and in the, in the dugout. But he's a player that, you, you know, those type of players you love to have on a team because you know they're not – it's not that they're looking over their shoulder, but they know that I, I have to do everything I can to be the best today and the best that I can be to be able to stay on this field. And and though you want those type of players on your team because they're the type of players that are not going to take a day for granted and that bat for granted, a year for granted, saying, oh, you know what, I just didn't have a great year. Uh, but he's the type of player that really takes things serious all the time and works his butt off to be the best that he can be, and it's showing this year. I mean, he's getting the opportunity. Guys, with, with, the, with the Emmy Awards just passing, I got to ask you, is the outstanding lead actor in a drama series Luke Voigt and is the outstanding uh, supporting actor in a drama series DJ LeMayu? <laughs> It could be reversed right there. Yeah, that, that could be a reversal. Yeah, you they could they could be actually be on the the, the ballot for both of those awards. I agree with Nelly. Uh in that LeMahieu, his last 13 uh, he didn't. He went hitless in the last game up in Boston, but he had a 12-game hitting streak before that. 19 for 53, six homers, 12 ribbies, 358, 460 on base. I mean, those two have been the Pied Piper for the lineup, and I'm just wondering when Brian Cashman is going to extend LeMahieu because if there's one guy that should have a guaranteed contract coming back, it should be that guy because that guy's my leadoff hitter. The guy's a machine. You hear it from his teammates all the time, Nelly, how he handles himself in the clubhouse. As soon as he walks in there, he's at work. And and, and that's all he does is work. And, and, and between him and Voight, I know LeMahieu was on the shelf for, for two weeks, but when he's been on the field, he's been leading this team along with Voight. He has, you know, and it's just part of the player's right to go out for free agency. And and who knows how he thinks. Uh, you know, I'm sure he would love to be a Yankee, and I'm, I'm assuming that the Yankees would love to have him back. But this is a chance for him to go out and in, in, into the free agent market, and every team out there realizes what kind of player DJ LeMahieu is and what kind of impact he will be in that lineup and he plays multiple positions which now every team loves that uh, when you can play all around the field it is going to be really interesting at the end of the year going into free agency what the Yankees do but at the same time what does DJ LeMahieu do does he say hey, you know what I got to go out there and I got to take the best offer or, or I got to I got to weigh out my options uh, it's not going to be fun for the Yankees if that happens you know you would have liked to try to get something done before but maybe that just wasn't a possibility last one last one for you before we welcome in uh, Bob Lorenz from the Yes Network. And I have to ask you this, Nelly. 
Uh, seven games left. We discussed that the Yankees seem to be on a collision course with the Twins. It's just a uh, question of Target Field or Yankee Stadium for this first round. So if you're Aaron Boone, how are you playing it this week? Judge is one for 13 since coming off the IL. We're going to talk about Judge and Stanton with Bob in just a bit. But what about your thoughts on the last seven games and, and how Boone should should manage this? Well, the hitting is all timing and rhythm, and you can see that Aaron Judge's timing is not there for one one for his last 13. So you have to try to get him in at least six out of these next seven games. Uh, you, you know, he's going to have, the, what, the two days rest on Monday and Tuesday, and then all of a sudden on the 29th, the playoffs start. If he can't play the field, that's going to be really alarming to me because you're going to need that DH spot for Stanton. Uh, you can't have him. He's just he's just one of those guys that if he goes out on the field, I think he's probably going to get hurt. Um, you'd rather keep him as a DH. Judge is going to have to play the field, and he's going to probably have to play the field five or six out of these next seven games. Uh, you go in this last year, you're already in, and this is a different type of year, and I know home field means everything. Uh, you're going to have a chance to line up your pitching, which you've never, in a normal year, you wouldn't have been able to do that because you'd still be fighting to try to win the East, which is going to be tough, even even though they're only three games out. But the Rays, you know, the Rays played the Mets and then they play the Phillies, two teams that are want to try to get into the playoffs in the National League. But at the same time, you know, the Yankees are sitting pretty as far as lining their pitching staff up for those three games, regardless whether it's in Minnesota or at Yankee Stadium. Uh, I, I really don't. Besides the ball flying at Yankee Stadium and the weather will probably be a little bit warmer than Target Field. I really don't see where there's any kind of home field advantage in, at, at all, and it won't be once they get through that first round. And Nelly, as you're talking playoffs, Sheeran is uh, he has his Windex and his rag out as he wipes down his Emmy Award that he is showing us. <laughs> if you're listening to this show and you don't have visuals, uh, Sheeran has his Emmy in his hand. Uh, there I you have go. Six. I have six. Oh, actually. and there's no. Ju- is there any jewelry hanging off of those? <laughs> no, there's no. Do you want to give us your acceptance <laughs> speech right now, uh, Sheeran? I'd like to thank the Academy. No, no. Did you get one? Did you guys get one this year? This is uh, this is my Nets Emmy for Team Nets oh. that I that I won last year. So I, I how many year, was won by the Yes Network this year? Does anybody this know? year? I I I'd have to look again. It's it's up on the Emmy site, but we we I think we had twenty eight to thirty nominations. I don't know how many we won though. Wow. I know Sarah. I know Sarah Kustak and Ian Eagle both won. Ian for play by play and Sarah for color. I think it was the first time that a pair won. So congrats to them. I didn't nice. realize there's that many awards. Like th- all these awards, I don't know what the categories even are. Exactly. But what is it? Away. Yeah. Mine is live unedited series, Brooklyn Nets basketball. Chris Sheeran, studio host, Yes Network. There you go, Team Nets. And we're gonna talk to somebody next, Jake, who has. I have a third of the Emmys that Bob Lorenz has. Yeah, you're chop liver. <laughs> Bobby's next. Joining the program now, Jeff and I were our colleague over at the Yes Network. It's Bob Lorenz. He is the main studio host over there at Yes. Basically, uh, almost 60 games straight for the Yankees during this season. Just a couple of days off for you, Bobby. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it. Yeah, Chris. No doubt. Jeff, good to see you. Good to see you. You too, yeah. Bob. Yeah. <laughs> good to hear you. <laughs> Nelly, what's weird is I pasted a picture of you up in my office just so I can stare at it. <laughs> Very odd. Yeah. And, can you and- can you uh, can you move that picture over to Flip's office to make sure? <laughs> <laughs> I'll take uh, I'll take it out of the door when I go in today. Before- Get it on a copy machine. 
Let's talk about the Yankees, and they made history once again, Bob, uh, with their with their winning streak. They matched their longest since 2012 when they won 10 straight. They lost uh, their last game up in Boston against the Red Sox, but take that out of there because being where they were during their 20-game stretch where they were 5-15, and 15, to have Davey Garcia uh, stop the bleeding there and then go on this 10-game run and the numbers they put up during it, it's just been absolutely phenomenal watching this team come together, especially in the club house the bonding and 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 getting back to winning baseball yeah when you look at it from a distance it's so funny but it's so simple the ways to win good pitching and good hitting and that just sounds so dumb but everything they did over that 10 game winning streak that's exactly what they did they put all the pieces together and everything when they were losing they weren't doing that they'd have some good nights hitting but then the pitching stunk or vice versa i, I want to actually i want to ask nelly about that like when you get on a winning roll and you win five six and now seven in a row how different is that mindset from a week earlier when you were losing games uh well you know obviously everybody starts panicking you know over over losing you know five in a row what's happening with the yankees they're not healthy and then you get back and it's you know we had a manager in joe torrey that never panicked you know he never pushed the panic button he knew that okay we're going to turn things around we're a great team these guys will you know they're going to go through the ups and downs of a season and it's only a 60 game season so you kind of put more emphasis i guess on or it's more magnified when teams do go through a little losing streak or guys get hurt 162 games it's not a big deal you just snap out of it uh but with all the hype that the yankees brought going into the season being supposed to be the best team in baseball them and the dodgers and it didn't happen that way uh the sense of urgency becomes greater so once you start playing better and this last 10 game streak you, you know you're back to form and you know you want to finish out this week you get your pitching lined up and you know it's just going to be a strange postseason because anything can happen your first first series is three games but in that clubhouse everybody always believes in themselves and believes in each other and once you step between the lines you just go do your job you know my job was pitching the seventh or eighth inning and if I can get those outs or a few outs to lead that to either Mike Stanton or Mariano Rivera then you'd go out and you do your job and I think that's how everybody looks at it in the clubhouse and Bob let's let's stick with pitching since you brought it up and Nelly brought it around to pitching and and let's face it that's that's what you need to win baseball games and we've seen that with the Yankees like you said Bob over the last 10 games they've been putting all three facets defense pitching and hitting you know timely hitting the great pitching whether it's the starters or the relievers uh it's all been in sync uh especially during the 10 game winning streak obviously but what about Davey Garcia he had his first little hiccup in his professional career he he did have a, a blow up in a start a couple starts back but this one was a little bit more head scratching as his velocity was down a little bit uh he didn't really use his curveball a lot what's your concern level moving forward with garcia yeah i don't really have a concern level i'm anxious to see what he does in his next start because i think does he take what he learned from this start and apply it to that one what jack curry and i saw during the game and then talked about in the post game was why didn't he at least go back to the curveball a little bit? He completely abandoned it. Jack gave a stat that between Chavis's two home runs, he threw one curveball in a span of about 40 pitches. And I think if you're trying to grind out and find something and you have to go more than just be a two-pitch pitcher with a fastball on a change, you throw that on the first pitch to a batter or maybe if you're up 0-1. And to have him completely abandon that, I thought was very strange. And I thought somebody would have implored him to at least try it and 
get a feel for it, but he never got a feel for it. Yeah, you're you're right, and it's a, it's a little odd. That's why you know if you look at starters, it's so important. I mean, yeah, three a good three pitches. You know, with the, some of these young guys, some of these young starters, once they start losing a pitch, uh, especially when you go in Boston, you see the green monster, and somebody takes you out on your breaking ball, and you say, you know, I don't have a great feel, and that's when the mental part starts coming in, and they they start thinking that, well, I can't I can't hang this or I can't throw this pitch, so I'm just going to go fastball changeup, and they become a two pitch pitcher, and then all of a sudden they're very easy to hit, you know, and they're very, they start coming in, you know, coming into pitching in patterns and then they're easy to figure out. And, and it's not anything on Sanchez or, or the catcher. It, a lot of times it's the pitcher. He just doesn't have the confidence to throw that pitch. And I think sometimes starters should probably have four pitches that way. If they don't have that good breaking ball, they go with the slider and, 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 and maybe uh, something that breaks a little bit to get the hitters off their pitch. You know, with Davey, it's just human. You know, I, there's a kid down here in Miami might be one of the best ones that I've seen in a long, long time. Sixto Sanchez, a three pitch pitcher and the other day, pretty similar to what, what Davey went through in Boston. He lost his breaking ball and he did not want to throw it. And he became a two pitch pitcher and he got hammered. And it's just uh, it's just those ty- type of young outings. And, and, you know, like you mentioned, Bob, him trying to learn from that. Uh, he's going to get a shot in the playoffs, I'm sure. You know, I doubt he'll be a number three. I, I really like how Happ has thrown over his last five, five out of six starts. And I think he's proven that, you know, he deserves a spot there. Bob, you're you're in there for uh, basically every single game this season, as I alluded to, just a couple of days off for you. So you, our Yes Network team obviously has the pulse of this Yankee team. We see the difference between the Yankees in their ballpark and the Yankees on the road. Having said that, uh, it seems as if there's a 95 to 100% chance that the Yankees are going to wind up with a familiar first-round opponent in the playoffs in the Minnesota Twins. How important is it, Bob, for that first round? Because all three games are played at the better team stadium. How important is home field for this Yankee squad? I think this year especially, it's incredibly important. First of all, you always want home field. But Here's what I would say about the bananas year of 2020. That And Aaron Boone brought this up the other day. He said there's a comfort level. You know your protocols. You know where to go eat. You know where to go work at. You have your own workout place. I think in 2020, when you're unsure of maybe what to do on the road, where you can go, you're home, you're feeling great. You're like, in a, it's like an old comfortable shoe. And so I think for that reason, and the fact that that team is basically built to hit in that park, I think home field advantage for the Yankees is beyond great if they can get it. Well, I mean, you talked about hitting. How does Boone, you, you've seen Aaron Judge and Stanton take days off. You, you know, you don't, you're kind of don't want to put Judge or he's not wanting to put Judge in the outfield. You got the last week of the season and Judge has won for his last 13th. You want to, 13, you want to get this guy started. And in order to get him started, you've got to play him in the field because you're going to have to do the same thing with Stanton to keep those at-bats rolling into the playoffs. How does that work? Is that concern you at all? It does because it's funny. There's load management or maintenance on a player and keeping him healthy, and then there's consistency in getting those reps, right? So I think going into the, to the final week of the season, I could totally see Judge playing in the field five games and maybe DH a couple games just for that reason. But you got to get him out there and get him those at-bats. And I, the same thing about Stanton. So I think, I think it's a really delicate balance for Boone to get this done, but to make sure that these guys are – healthy and ready to go. Nelly, I totally agree. I think those guys have to be on the field 
in some way, shape, or form over this final week. Well, yeah, if you're going to try to keep Stanton away from playing the field, which the Yankees have been since he came back, he's been DHing, Bob. The only way to have them both in the lineup is to put Judge out in right field and get him some consistent at-bats in, in some consistent games. That's an absolute 100% fair point by both of you guys. That's concerning. I mean, you have two, two of your main guys in that lineup that have leg injuries. And, you know, you brought him back to try to get them those consistent at-bats. And if you're afraid to play him in the field, you know, that's a little concerning. I mean, Stanton, I can understand you want him to DH all the time. But with Judge, you got to have him in the field in order to get him in the lineup. And, you know, if there's any kind of concern that, oh, if we put him out there on a two or three days in a row that he has a chance of getting hurt, that's that's really alarming to me. Bob, let, let me spin it back to the pitching really quick. Uh, we've seen Garrett Cole be absolutely Garrett Cole and lights out his last two starts. He's been unbelievable going in seven innings in both. He's got a .64 ERA. Teams are hitting just over 100 against him. Masahiro Tanaka has been Masahiro Tanaka over his last five, three and one with a two fifty four. The most impressive one besides Cole, though, has been Jay Happ. You know, he started off with a bumpy road in his first two starts, Bob, but his last six, you know, he's he's been one of the best pitchers on this staff. And, and if it were up to me, I don't know how Nelly feels about this, but if it were up to me, uh, he'd be my game three starter in the postseason. What about what about your feel for the Yankees pitching staff in the postseason here? 100% he's my game three right now. And it's not because of what Davey did yesterday. I just like the way he's pitching. I like his veteran presence out there and I like the fact that you go righty righty lefty and if you do go to a game four you still have Davey who you trust can pitch that game four and still get you a win Uh, but I I absolutely like splitting up the not splitting up the right-handers but two different styles of right-handers and Cole and Tanaka and then throwing a lefty out there in game three I love that how about you Nelly? Yeah I'm going with Hap but here's the thing the first series is a best of three so if they're going to that third game then you don't want a rookie on that mound you know I I know I don't care what kind of mound presence he has and and maybe he's he goes out there and he acts like he's been there 10 years but with Jay Hap as the number three starter he's he's your veteran guy he's the one that hey I got to have him out there if this is a do or die game and a game three is going to be a do or die game. 28 consecutive winning seasons now, Bob, for this Yankee team. That's the fourth longest streak in the four major sports. Uh, the the team with the longest is the Yankees from 26 to 64. They had 39 consecutive winning seasons. It's just amazing to me that through all the trials and tribulations, especially the injuries that we've seen uh, with this team the past four or five years, that they've been able to do this. And the active MLB streaks, just to put this into perspective for Yankee fans out there, I know the World Series, Bob, is the be-all, end-all for the Yankees and their fans, but to have 28 straight wins winning seasons when the next uh, team on that list is the Cardinals with 12 and their streak is in jeopardy this year because they're 25 and 24. Uh, That's saying a lot about an organization. Yeah. I mean, the demand, you always hear this, right, from players that come up through the minor leagues and the Yankees, the demand for excellence is now built into the DNA. And to your point about the last couple seasons with all the injuries, that is a testament to the scouting department, the minor league system, the talent evaluators to get players that they know are ready to be Yankees and play at the major league level. So, you know, Chris, how many stories have we told on the air about a Gio Urshela coming in, a Labor Torres when he first comes up? Uh, you know, get, uh, take a guy 
Aaron Judge when he first came up, Tyler Austin at that time, Gary Sanchez, Kyle Higashioka filling in. I mean, it's just all of these stories of all of these guys that are game ready to play at the major leagues and, you know, maybe not be the superstar but fill in for the superstar adequately enough and do it on a consistent basis. So does that make this, with that being said, I mean, you have, you go out and make the big splash with Cole. You're probably not signing Paxton back. You're probably not bringing Tanaka back. Your, your whole starting rotation besides you'll have Montgomery and you know, you're not going to bring Hap back. So you're losing three fifths of your starters. With that being said, is there, is there a greater emphasis? Not like that, that it's not a greater emphasis on winning a World Series when you're in New York, but especially this year now. I mean, with all the hype going into the season with 60 days, 60 games, and with with your big sign, and you're going to lose some guys, is the emphasis now bigger this year to win the World Series than it ever has been? Yeah, I would say that's fair. I mean, because you're going to lose a lot of guys, or you know, as you mentioned, those guys, or you might. I mean, I could totally see Paxton and Hap not returning. Would Tanaka take maybe a lesser deal to stay a Yankee and remain in that rotation? Possibly. Well, Bob, Bob, let me let me ask you this real quick because I'll ask both of you guys this really quick. Since Nelly brought it up, as far as Tanaka goes, I was thinking about this yesterday. I don't know why it just came into my head, but Hiroki Kuroda, you know, he signed those one-year deals with the incentive-laden things that if he hit, he made more money. I could see Masahiro Tanaka, maybe not a one-year deal, but maybe back on a two-year deal. What are your guys' thoughts on Tanaka with something like Kuroda doing those one-year deals? I mean, I'll go first. If it's a dollar value that the Yankees like, and they want to add a few incentives. I would say they. I would say they would go for that. What about you, Nelly? I think so. You know, I just feel that he has stayed healthy this long. You know, it's almost. Is it a matter of time before that elbow finally breaks down? And if you go and spend the two years or sign the two year with an incentive laden contract, and all of a sudden that first month he goes out and say, okay, now you know, did we make a mistake? I think that has to be questioned. Saying you know, in the back of your mind, saying at some fair, point yeah. that is going to give out and you know it hasn't yet and knock on wood it hasn't and you hope it continues through the rest of the season but going forward I mean there's not a whole lot of you do have some trade chips you know as far as free agency as far as free agent pitchers if you go out there and look there's not a whole lot out there you know but there is something out there if you're talking about maybe using some of these guys you have in your minor league system like an even an Andujar to go out and maybe try to get another uh, maybe not an ace, but another solid guy. And, you know, you have Bauer out there. If New York is ready for that Trevor Bauer. Uh, <laughs> Trevor Bauer experience. experience. I mean, yeah. I don't know if they would want to go that direction, but there's, there's, he's going to be out there. But you're also going to have Severino back. You're going to have, we, I mean, we think, don't know what's going on with Domingo Herman, but. You expect to have him back in some way, shape, or form. So you got those two guys. You believe in Clark Schmidt. Now, this is to your point, Nelly. You love the veteran presence of a Tanaka, a half a Paxton in the lineup in the rotation. Do you trust that rotation to be that young behind Garrett Cole? You know what I mean? Severino. And then you're going to have fans back. Hopefully, you're going to have fans back. And that's going to make a difference with some of these young starters. I mean, I think some of these young guys have gotten a break that there hasn't been any fans in the stands. And maybe even Garrett, I mean, I'm not saying, you know, Garrett Cole got a break because there wasn't any New York fans, but it's a little bit different. I mean, not just a little bit. It's a lot different when there's fans in the stands in New York. I mean, you feed off of them, but at the same time, hey, you're going to hear it when you're not doing well. And, you know, it benefited some of the young guys not having that presence in the stands. I agree with that. I, I think the ability to pitch, and I think, you know what, that as we, we talked about this too during their summer camp, their sort of spring training 2.0, 
that a lot of those young players got a feel for Yankee Stadium and what it was going to be like without fans. And they sort of took it into the season. So a Clark Schmidt, a Michael King, Nick Nelson, that sort of thing. They got a feel for it. All right, Bob, let's wrap up on your career. In honor of the Emmy Awards just happening, you are the winner of 17 Emmy Awards. So do you wipe your ass with Emmy Awards at this point? (laughs) That's dangerous. Exactly what I do. My wife always says, tell people they're just, they're not real. They're just filled with chocolate. <laughs> well, do you have like a room full of them? Do you have like the statue room? Tell us the setup. No, the, the only thing I do, I, if any of our Zoom stuff and people were giving me crap for this, in my office is the only place I keep them. So they're on shelves in there. See, I have I have a problem with that, by the way, that people give you crap <laughs> for displaying your awards that you that you earned. I, 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 people are just I, I, I don't know. It's like it's like society out of Twitter has become Twitter. It's like Twitter has become everywhere. Who, <laughs> you should display those proudly, Bob. I have to put them somewhere, right? No, I'll just throw them in the attic. I mean, I just earned awards for being the best host in, in, in the New York area. I'll, I'll throw it in the attic. Why should I put it out there? Right. Well, I have to put them somewhere. Chris, could you imagine if I put all of them at work? Like, hey, everybody, come in and look at my Emmys. <laughs> like, yeah, we work with you every day. We don't give a crap. You would be stepping over Emmys to get to the candy jars. <laughs> oh, I would. Yeah. Why not? If, if, it makes people, if it makes people feel any better, Chris, I think I've told you this. My daughter used to have one in her room, and she used to hang jewelry off of it, like <laughs> necklaces and stuff. So that's what they're used for sometimes, you know? I put yeah. my rec, rec basketball participation trophies up in my room, so if I had an Emmy, God, <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be putting that thing in a, in a statue. Oh, my goodness, it'd be incredible. I love it. Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you, you've been at Yes, Bob, for so long now. Can you just tell us some of your favorite memories? What has it been, 18 years now? Some of your favorite memories over the years? I mean, obviously, the – season of 2009 when they won the championship and being able to chronicle that that was an absolute blast a personal highlight for me was getting to work with yogi Berra on yogi in a movie for like four straight years getting to meet him i mean i couldn't believe you know i don't have a lot of those like wow i just met fill in the blank but yogi Berra and the fact if if you would have asked me when i got out of college and started in tv hey someday you're going to work with uh, yogi Berra, be like what are you out of your mind? And I actually got to work with him. Bobby Mercer. I mean, got to work with him. So many great Yankees. Uh, to, the, the ability to meet them and just get to know them. Uh, it just, to me, those kind of moments stand out. And they just, they, you know what? Honestly, I don't think of those big career-defining moments. I think of, I don't mean to make this sound whatever, but the, the ability to work on a daily basis with such great people that care about what they do, that always makes me want to be better. And that's what I get at Yes. So that's why it's so easy to walk in the door every day because we work with a great team. Nelly, as you know, it's nice to play for a great team. It, it's not as nice to play with a bunch of guys that, or, or women or whatever, but that just aren't good to be around. Does that make sense? Oh, it does. You know, when I first worked there last, last year with you guys, it was just amazing. I mean, you get, you do such a tremendous job on with the Yankees and on, on, on the pre and post. And it's just, it was a thrill to get to work with you and, and hopefully it continues and, but the whole Yes Network family is was just amazing. I've never worked with anyone so efficient. It, you know, it was just it blew my mind compared to where I, you know, I better not say it, but <laughs> it, it's, <laughs> Other it, 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 it's 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 number one for a reason. Yeah, 
I, that's, I tell people that all the time. We do things the right way. There is a reason that we're the number one regional. That sounds like a promo. Yeah. <laughs> there you yeah. go. Cut, print. <laughs> uh, let me just let me just piggyback on everything Bob just said about yes. Uh, let me just... He won't do this, but I will. Uh, he, he talked about the great people there, and Bob is definitely at the top of that great people list. And uh, you guys, Jake and, and, and Nelly, were joking about putting me on a couch and being my therapist for this Yankee season. Uh, oh, Bob, you don't know how many times we had to talk them off the ledge. <laughs> right. When they were going oh through God. that street. Oh. <laughs> well, <laughs> well we, we, Meredith, Meredith. Meredith was on Bob, and we—I swear—I said, Meredith, you're going to have to—you have to please talk him off. You, you know, he, he had the rope ready, he Nelly, had the bridge he picked out. You know, I hope you well, guys sent him an invoice. We charge four hundred dollars an hour. Yeah, we, we we record in the morning, so liquor is usually never an option. But if this were a night show, we'd be popping bottles in here. Uh, well, the, the 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 great thing about Bob's office is, isn't only the candy; it, it's it's the the couch that I get to lay on. And 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 all jokes aside, uh, not about the Yankees, but anytime I had issues with, you know, parts of my career or questions or anything, Bob is my go-to guy, and his door is always opened. And you know, you always hear in the business, oh, he's such a great guy, but. Uh, Bob, Bob is that dude, man. And uh, we really appreciate you coming on today. Thanks, Bob. Oh, absolutely. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. Yeah, the door is open. Uh, there's no candy in there. It's a COVID friendly environment. Not allowed to have it. But if you do need some, you know where to find it. It's in the cabinet. Yeah, up yeah, I do. I, yeah. Jeff and I both do. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Thanks, Bob. Guys. I appreciate you having me on. That's a wrap for episode 29, the Gio Urshela or Mike Stanton edition of the Pinstripe Pod, our New York Yankees podcast from the New York Post. Thanks to Jake Brown and Alex Camerata for producing the show. Subscribe to the Pinstripe Pod wherever you listen to podcasts. If you subscribe on Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating and please write in a positive review if you would. For Jeff Nelson, I'm Chris Sheeran. We'll be back on Thursday looking ahead to the final three games of the regular season against the Marlins. Talk to you then and stay safe, everybody.